We welcome the greatness of who you are, the majesty of who you are, the splendor of who you are, the dominion of who you are tonight, God. We honor you. We bless you, God, and we celebrate the victory that is you. In Jesus' name, glory, that's who you are. You are our victory. You're so many things to us, God, and we bless you. We love you. Blow the kiss to the Lord. Blow a kiss to the Lord. Our, our life should be that to him, a worship to him. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, there's nobody like our God. There's nobody like Jehovah. And you got to make that thing personal. There's nobody like my God, my God, my God. And so, yeah, we ready tonight, amen, and I know he's ready. And so uh, one thing that I was encouraging my daughter, uh, my youngest, I was like, she's like, Daddy, you're going to do a great job tonight. And I was like, well, you know, I looked to Jesus. I was like, well, say, Lord, Holy Spirit, talk tonight. And she said, Holy Spirit, talk tonight. And so I know there's things that he's going to share and continue to reveal and sharpen in us tonight as we continue on this revelation of Nehemiah. And if you haven't seen the title of tonight, we're talking about hammers and swords. And so I'm going to do my best to be diligent and stay uh, locked in. Uh, but of course, you know, we like the flow. Uh, we always, not even just like to, but we love the flow with Holy Spirit. So there's a lot that's going to be coming out tonight. And so as God just kind of directs, you know, we're, we're going to be hitting some things even in the midst. So we're not even waiting for the end for a prayer. It's going to be stuff that we're just going to be hitting and breaking up. And, and building up in the midst of the message tonight. So get ready. I'm telling you the plans of the enemy, whatever he had is going to come to nothing and your hands are going to be strengthened. That's why it was encouraging us tonight to clap our hands before the Lord, to lift our hands before the Lord and bless him. Because these hands, the hands that God has blessed you with, not only in the natural, but as it pertains to what you put your hands to, your work, your effort, it's important to him and it blesses him. And that's what we want. We want to make sure that our work blesses him. Amen. Come on. The Holy Spirit's already here. So we've been dealing with Nehemiah. Uh, we jumped in. We finished. Well, not finished, but we got into Nehemiah chapter four. We've been walking through uh, this because I really believe uh, that this is a building and rebuilding season and establishing a reestablishing season. And then here, ultimately, what I do understand, you know, and I'm just giving y'all the, 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 the end from the beginning because it's not like it's a secret. You could just read the whole chapter yourself, read the book yourself, and God will begin to speak to you. But uh, many people have been saying that this is a time uh, where we're going to see revival like we've never seen before. And so we're already seeing this in the midst. But guess what? Of course, that it doesn't come without objections from the enemy. And so what we want to make sure that we are focused and we are focused and we're not turning to the left when we're turning to the right. And not that we, we get we don't want to get out of the zone that God has us to be in. Amen. Because he's going to get glory out of our lives by what we do in obedience to him. And so uh, we began uh, talking about Nehemiah chapter four. And y'all remember this, I call him a three-headed monster, uh, but it's, a, you know, it's, it's interesting how the enemy will try to duplicate what is already established in principle by God, God being the U-head, the triune, father, son, spirit, who is one. And then we have these three individuals. Of course, they're, they're not nowhere near, uh, you know, God's magnitude, but you still see just that that trinity, so to speak, of Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And of course, if you've been tracking with this, I'm not going to go into everything because we've been walking through this together. But they, they've been these governors that have been talking against the work of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And of course, the work that was also to pertain to the temple as well. And so uh, they've been a bunch of naysayers that have been in the land, uh, governors that, that don't have an inheritance of the Jews, but they, of course, are governors in the region. And so they've been speaking against, and we, the past couple of Sundays, have been talking about amongst us, my wife and I, uh, Pastor Patience and I have been sharing about that so that way we're aware of those who labor among us, those whose work is good, and then those who we might have to mark, uh, you know, if they if they come from that uh, perspective of Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem to speak against what God is doing. Amen? All right, so here we go. Nehemiah uh, is, 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 so the people in Nehemiah, they, they have begun to build. And so I'm going to pick up in Nehemiah chapter 4. We're just going to be in this chapter uh, starting at verse 6. And so I'm going to start there. We finished off there on Sunday, but I'm going to start there tonight and uh, re-establish re a couple of things that were shared on Sunday, but it was kind of heavy. So I want to share it again tonight before we go further. But so Nehemiah is responding because these three individuals have already been speaking against and literally mocking, mocking 
the, the, the Jewish people in Nehemiah and the work that they've been called to do in rebuilding the walls of the city. All right. So this is what I love because they built they started building anyways, <laughs> in spite of all that. Verse six. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, up to half its height. So they're getting to the halfway mark. And this is how they were able to do this. For the people had a mind to work. And there's a whole lot that could be shared about that, but that's not my assignment tonight. Uh, and then verse seven. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. Let me stop right there. So you see here, we got some restoration taking place, right? We've got restoration taking place, and I love it. It says that the gaps, oh my God, that the gaps were beginning to be closed. And so I just needed to pause at that moment and just speak that over somebody's life, or somebody just needs to see that and receive that and just believe that, you know, as we begin to build, as we begin to do what God has called us to do, some of the things that may have seemed like gaping holes in life, maybe gaping holes in character. As we get in line with obedience or start doing the work that God has called us to do, that the gaps begin to close. If there's been gaps in communication, if there's been gaps in understanding, as you continue to build, somebody to say right now, may the gaps be closed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's been gaps in, in relationship, if there's been gaps in unity, somebody say right now, may the gaps be closed. Oh, one thing that we were even praying tonight, uh, one thing that Pastor Gabriel uh, mentioned, because, you know, we prayed before service. One thing that he mentioned, he was like, you know, he just spoke just a simple word, but it's always powerful. You know, it's unity. And so we're just declaring that tonight, you know, and just over our, our congregation and even those that are tracking with us or, or however you might be connecting. If you're desiring and praying for unity and whatever group uh, uh, situation that you might be involved with, we just say right now, may gaps be closed. May gaps begin to be closed in the name of Jesus. And I'm talking about gaps where there's a good thing going on. Gaps. Now, where there's separation that should be separation, let their separation take place. But let there be a closing of the gaps for the things that, that, that may have been built up before and may have been torn down. I'm just saying tonight that God closed the gaps. Some people have been wondering, well, man, how come some things may have seemed unfinished or undone or I haven't been able to connect these dots? So I'll connect the dots as far as for understanding or, or bringing, a, a, a close, bringing some things to closure. May gaps be closed tonight in the name of Jesus. So somebody to say, Lord, close the gaps. Close the gaps. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's funny, but it's true. I'm not talking about your teeth. I'm saying, look, the situations. Come on, we prophesy that. Close the gaps in Jesus' name. And so I'm going to read it again. And the gaps were beginning to be closed. And this is what took place. Because the gaps were closing, guess what happened? To uh, Sambalat, Tobias, uh, all these dites in the, in the armies, and, and guess them, they became very angry. Because the enemy doesn't like to see gaps closed. The enemy doesn't like to see gaps closed. And see what God does, God calls an individual or God calls a people to make sure that, the, that God doesn't like gaps. Not like that. Not when there's a good work to be going forth. Remember how I believe it was even in Ezekiel, how the Lord even said, look, I look for a man to stand in a gap. That's that form of intercession. That's that, that interceding, standing between. God says, hey, you know, I, 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 look, I want to close the gaps. And so the enemy fights to make sure that there's always a wedge and that there's always a gap, but it doesn't have to be. So that's why we're declaring tonight that there's going to be closure and that the enemy, whatever that's been, that little, that, that little uh, demonic wedge or, or you know how these little imps try to get up in situations. Look, we stomp on that tonight in the name of Jesus and that as there is closure, that whatever is in there gets, you know, gets crushed and gets pushed out so that where there's a ceiling. And I mean like a ceiling as far as for just that closure, that covering. Gaps be closed, gaps be closed, gaps be closed, even in the body. Yeah, even amongst the body, may gaps be closed in the name of Jesus. So can we just declare that one more time? Say, may gaps be closed. And what that does, that frustrates the enemy because he always looks to drive a wedge. He always looks to wherever there's unity, wherever there's togetherness, he's always looking to find a way to, to break up or to create a breach. And so that's why God, that's why you saw at the beginning that there was restoration and gaps beginning to be closed because that is the work of the Lord. 
And so I just believe that, that even in the season, oh yeah, even in the midst of the shaking and, and all that type of stuff, God says, hey, you know what? I, I just believe that God is just even closing some of the, the gaps and even some of the distance as far as for the church and her assignment. Because sometimes people get off focus and get, and, and get off. So God's like, look, there's too much of a distance between my calling and where your character is. So now let's begin to close that gap <laughs> in the name of Jesus. All right, so here we go. Gaps are beginning to close, and that's going to spark up the anger of the enemy because he's already, he's already mad that you're here. But then by the fact that you're, you're actually in, in the midst of restoring and gaps are closing, and, and guess what? Let, let me just get this one other thing here as it's coming to me. It takes effort to do that. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to work to make sure that gaps are closed, meaning that you have to communicate, meaning that you have to reach out to some people. It's like, look, I want to make sure that there's not a gap between our relationship, um, especially if God is in the midst and there's, there's something that can be built out of it. Then do whatever it takes to make sure that there is a closure of gaps, make sure that there is communication. Amen. All right. So that they became very angry. So now you got these individuals that are very angry that there is restoration and gaps are beginning to be closed. In verse 8, and all of them, you got the whole crew, armies, Samballot, Tobiah, uh, Geshem, the, the Astadites, uh, all of them, verse 8, and all of them conspired. Huh? I'm going to come back to this now. Conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. So you see that conspiring and you see that confusion. Now, this is something that we talked about, I, that, that God just kind of really opened my eyes to this literally right before uh, service started. You know, I hadn't thought about this until I just looked at the scripture again. And I believe God began to show uh, and spoke that whenever there is an apostolic work going forth, Meaning that if somebody is sent or something that God has commissioned and God has already blessed, whenever there's an apostolic work going forth, that the enemy, what he will do, he will counterfeit that apostolic work. He will counterfeit, he will counter it with an apostate work. Oh, man. So whenever there's an apostolic work going forth, the enemy will come forth and counter that or try to counter that with an apostate work. And so there were some distinctions uh, that we began to see here between the apostolic and the apostate. And you can listen uh, to Sunday, just kind of see that definition, or you could just look up the definition of apostate. But I want to kind of share that again, uh, because we see that through scripture here. We see that in this encounter that Nehemiah had with these individuals as well as this army and this people group as he's building. So Nehemiah is the one that's doing an apostolic work. He is building. He is establishing. Not only is he building up walls of the city, but he's building up people. And so there was an apostolic work. And so what we see here, I actually had to write this down because, you know, when God shows something, you know, I think it's just due diligence uh, to be able to write down what he what he is saying. And so the, we kind of look at this comparison here. So the apostolic work, it brings a calm and it brings a focus. All right. So apostolic, the apostolic voices, they bring a calm, but then they also bring a focus, meaning like, look, this, this, is, this, is, this is the plan. This is the mind of God. This is the plan of God. And so they bring that calm. They bring that focus. And that calm means that, uh, that, 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 that people that might be uh, not stable, there's a stability to bring people to rest on the rock of Jesus. <laughs> All right. So they bring that calm and they bring that focus. So that's the apostolic. But what the apostate does, they bring the confusion. And we saw that here literally in scripture, how they plan to attack Jerusalem and bring confusion. That's what those apostate voices do. And they could come in different forms and different fashions. And what we see here in this particular sense, these were high ranking officials. These were governors with an apostate voice. So, so, so again, I brought this out before uh, and we saw this, but I want to share this again because uh, I believe that we're just in a season now where so many things are loose that you have these governing type of spirits speaking against and trying to bring confusion amongst the body of Christ, amongst the church, amongst any apostolic work of the Lord. Now, uh, uh, right, yeah, so, so, so that's what he'll do. I won't get ahead of myself in that garage. So he'll, he'll, he'll try to counter when there's a calm and when there's stability, the enemy will try to counter with confusion. So you want to be mindful of that. When there's confusion going on in a situation, when there's shaking is going on, then you need to understand. It's like, hold up. You know what? I believe that's the apostate voice. Something is being spoken, whether inwardly or coming from an external source. Something is being spoken that is trying to be confusion. When you discern that, 
When you discern that, then you have every right to be able to prophesy against that and to proclaim what God has already said and established. Because God has already said something should go forth, then you agree with it and you continue to say that. That brings that calm, that brings that stability. The other thing, another thing that the apostolic voices do that we see here in Nehemiah, they, 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 they are constructive, meaning that they're constructive. They, they, uh, it's, it's building. It's building up. It's building up. It's, so, so, so it's a building factor. It's laying foundation. It's, and it's building levels and things of that nature. And so you have things that are being laid as foundation in the lives and in the hearts and in the minds of people. Right? So, so, so uh, the apostolic work is doing that, establishing things that will bring glory and honor to God. So it's constructive. Even in the things that they speak, it's to construct, it's to build. Now what the enemy does, he takes out the, constru he takes out the constructive part. And the apostate voices, they just have criticism. You've heard about constructive criticism, meaning that it's a critique, but it's to help build. It's for your and my benefit. But what the enemy does, he just takes out the construction part. He's like, look, I'm not trying to build anything. I'm just trying to tear down and I'm just trying to criticize. So that's what the enemy does. That's what the apostate voices do. And how many times have we heard people, whenever there's a building, whenever there's a work or something that is going forth, that is actually a good work, that it'll be either confusion that'll try to come or it'll be criticism. Not the criticism that says, hey, you know, I think this can make it better, but the criticism that comes that says, what in the world are you doing? What are you thinking? This is an impossibility. You are out of your mind to even attempt something like this. Those are those apostate voices, those apostate voices that tried to mock, oh, they still haven't done that yet. Oh, they still haven't accomplished that yet. Not the voices that try to help, to try to see how we can help make sure that you can accomplish that or, or do that. But it's just, it's just the mocking, it's just the pointing at the distance. And, you know, they, and, and, and people love to criticize. Come on, many, and that's something that's very popular to do. And so that's one thing we want to make sure that we... As a people, especially that are in an apostolic and prophetic vein, that we're not just criticizing solely. Because some people try to say, well, yeah, you know what, I'm just judging. Well, no, it's a, it's a different heart. It's a different result at the end of it. If you're not working towards the goal of seeing God being glorified and his word coming forth and the kingdom being established and, and honored and things of that nature, then you're just taking on the spirit of criticism as well. And so... We don't want to fall under that apostate voice among us because guess what? It can happen to anybody, which is what we'll see in just a little bit. It can happen to anybody. So, the, so calm, they bring a calm. They also construct. But then here's the thing that apostolic voices do. They bring correction. <laughs> they bring correction. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that more in detail. But one thing that, that Nehemiah did, you know, he brought correction to the people to make sure that they got back into the will of God. Because people have a tendency to be on for a moment and get off, and then be on for a moment and get off. And so Nehemiah's voice was to make sure that there was correction that people got back into the ordinances of the Lord, got back into the law, into the plan of God. And so that's why we need these voices now, because there's a whole lot of compromising going on. I saw this one quote-unquote celebrity person uh, that wound up being on stages hosting different Christian events and awards and shows and things of that nature, and then they recently produce a video. I didn't see the video, but, you know, they produced a video about their prayer life and they're just saying that, hey, you know what, there's all kinds of ways to come to God. And so you got this compromise and I'm like, man, you know what? No, that, that's, that, that, has be, that is an apostate voice because it's not pointing people to Jesus. And so that's what those apostolic voices do. They point people to Jesus Christ. And let me just pause and give him glory one more time and just say that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can get to heaven. Nobody get to the Father except through him. And if you got issues with that, then you need to take that up with Jesus because guess who said it? Jesus. <laughs> All right, so people are compromising today. They're not actually, they, they like the other side of Jesus and not when Jesus, they don't like the truth side of Jesus. All right. All right. So anyways, anyways. And so they bring the correction and what the apostate voices do, what they do, they, 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 which we saw, they conspire. They conspire. And so when we look at that, when I just kind of slowed down and started looking at some of the things, because uh, I mean, the, the more we kind of walk through this, 
Um, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, you just see so much more when you walk, when you walk somewhere. When you walk. And so I began to start to see some of the areas in which these people began to speak against. These apostate voices began to speak against. Remember, uh, we're not going to go there, but you can just look a few verses earlier how, it, how these people were mocking. And they said, what are these feeble Jews doing? So what these voices began to do, they, 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 what these voices begin to do, they begin to speak against your identity. They begin to speak against who you are and begin to put a label on you that God hasn't labeled you as. And so, again, you have to be mindful of these voices because sometimes it'll, it can be an external voice coming from within. It could be someone saying it from the outside, but it could also be an external voice that the enemy will try to send a thought that'll begin to denounce the identity that God has placed upon your life and begin to say, hey, you know what? You're feeble. Hey, you're weak. And so you don't have to accept that. That is not who you are. <laughs> Somebody to say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah, that's how we're standing. And so the enemy will come and speak against your identity. And one, another thing that they said when they were mocking, they said this. They said, will they fortify themselves? So I'm like, man, how the, how the enemy will begin, begin to speak against your ability and against your strength. Meaning that the ability that God gives, the strength that God gives, that's something that the apostate voices will begin to do. They'll speak against your identity. They'll speak against your ability, the God-given ability, saying, hey, you can't do that. What are you going to do? Strengthen yourself? You're going to fortify yourself? Absolutely we are. But the enemy's always, again, trying to put these gaps. And so you can look at this as just a wall, but this is something that the enemy will actually try to do to penetrate um, yeah, to try to penetrate the presence of God that surrounds our lives and that's also on the inside of us. So we have to be strong in our identity and God will help solidify this as we stay in his presence, as we stay under his hand and as we stay in his word. And then he'll also try to speak against your strength <laughs> and speak against your ability. Here's another thing that enemy did. He says, will they bring sacrifices? So wh what is that speaking against? That's speaking against your worship, your lifestyle. And so don't ever let the enemy uh, begin to try to frustrate your worship. Your, your, your <laughs> oh, yeah, this is strong, but this is true. Even part of that gathering together, that's part of our lifestyle, offering together, coming together, sacrificing, giving together, our worship together. Don't let the enemy try to pluck you off saying, hey, you don't need a church. You don't need this. You don't need that. Yo, yes, you do. Don't let the enemy try to speak against your tears and your worship before the Lord. Or people say, well, man, it doesn't take all that. Well, look, this is my sacrifice. This is my offering unto the Lord. My tears are an offering unto the Lord. My song is an offering unto the Lord. My finances are an offering unto the Lord. All of this is a part of the worship. Meaning, will they bring sacrifices? See how they were trying to mock all this type of stuff? And so those same voices still come today, whether from the outside or the enemy will try to speak from within. Hey, you don't need to worship like that. You don't need to sacrifice like that to try to bring doubt into the plan of God. Not so, not so, not so. Our hands are going to be strong. Come on. Another thing that the enemy spoke against, another thing the enemy spoke against, and he says this, he says, uh, will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? In other words, will they complete it in a day? And so the enemy will speak against your identity, he'll speak against your worship, your lifestyle, uh, and, and he'll speak against your ability, your strength, but then he'll also speak against your work, the thing that you're actually doing. That's what these, that's what these voices do. That's what these apostate type of voices do. They just speak against your identity, they speak against your ability, they speak against your worship, and then they speak against your work. The very assignment that God has given you. And if we give heed to, to any one of those things, any one of those criticisms, any one of those conspiracies, <laughs> yeah, anything that pertains to confusion, then, then, then we lose time. And so we're not going to, because somebody, say, somebody say, say, say it, say it, say it, say it again. Say, God, you are gracing me with the ability to focus. God is gracing us with the ability to focus. Amen. So we see all that happening and all of them conspired together. All the king's horses, all the king's men. <laughs> all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. So now we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. 
we were just even seen just God just kind of just like, boom, just share with us, hey, these are some of the ways in which the enemy will try to attack and come against this building and rebuilding and establishing a reestablishing season. So one of the beautiful, one of the beautiful things that I'm appreciative of, I'm like, man, God, you are showing us ahead of time. So that way we're already aware and we already know how to armor up and build ourselves up. So that way when those things come, it's like, ah, you know what, we, man, we're not getting off on that little issue. We're not going to let that little demonic imp trip us up or get us off focus or to try to bring a wedge in this gap. No, 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 not now, not ever in Jesus' name. Come on. There's this one song by this artist named KB. I like it. He says, not today, Satan. <laughs> and so me and my girls, you know, we'll sing that, this rap song. We just let them know. It's like, hey, not today, not tomorrow. Yeah, you're not getting an inch. And so that's why we're going to crucify the flesh, stay in the presence, stay in his word, and keep building. Amen. So here we go. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9. I love it. So in the midst of all that going on, that conspiracy to come together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion, this is what he says. This is what Nehemiah said. Nevertheless, somebody could say that. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. We set a watch against them day and night. Ah, uh, come on. That watch right there is a position of prayer. Amongst other things that could be shared about it, but I want to lay into that, that this is a position of prayer, a set of watch, meaning, look, we are watching. We got our eyes open. I remember this um, even when I would be a part of this, this missions organization named Shalom Outreach, Inc., and we will be uh, you know, in various places, sometimes, you know, if I was in, especially when I was in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I was one of the uh, few men that were there, uh, and especially, you know, I was a youth pastor at the time, and we're, we're praying amongst youth, and we're in the inner cities or in the favelas, which is, um, it's like a city amongst itself, but very impoverished, but beautiful people, but we're there praying. But one thing that we learn is like, look, when you're overseas and when you're on the mission field, when you're on a mission, when you're on assignment, literally watch and pray. <laughs> Meaning this, that you, you don't want to be in an environment like that and then you're just praying with your eyes closed. Lord, I, 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 I think. somebody got to have their eyes open. Somebody got to be seeing. So I would be one of the ones while people are praying. I'd be one of the ones in agreement, praying in the spirit, but looking around. Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And so that same thing needs to take place. Look, you need to set a watch. <laughs> And we're not talking about this type of watch right here, but you need to set a watch, meaning that there needs to be a guard that is established. Yeah, yeah, intercession, in, in intercession that there needs to be a guard. So that way there aren't any gaps, so that way that there's always a hedge around, that there's a protection around your family, that there's a hedge around your, uh, your, your home, your dwelling place, that there's a hedge of protection around your business. And here's the thing, that they did it, they established it day and night because the enemy had already had plans to come together and attack and bring confusion. And so this is what I love. We supernaturally, by the grace of God, have the ability, especially by praying in the spirit, to be able to intercept some things. Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all know that interception, right? Where there's a, there's a target that is coming and something has already been sent, but we're able to intercept it and cause it to explode and detonate before it actually reaches its destination. That's one thing. So when we pray in the Holy Ghost, that's one thing I want to encourage some people right now. Because you can pray in your understanding. And many of us, if you're an English speaker, praying in English is your understanding. But I'm telling you, if you don't have that ability to pray in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, when you don't know what you ought to pray for... God gives us that. That ability is still available for today. Forget what you heard if you heard something different. <laughs> that ability is still available for us today. So I want to encourage somebody. Uh, somebody, if you're already a born-again believer, we don't even have to. I just believe that the presence of the Lord is just so in the midst of this right now that God say, hey, I want to give you this ability. And you can say, Lord, I want to be able to speak in tongues. And trust me, I've heard so many accounts where many people most often their experience of praying in tongues wasn't even actually at church or during a church service. It's like they had the desire, God spoke it, and next thing you know, boom, 
they just began speaking in at home. Yeah, they just began to speak at home. So let me let me just kind of let's just kind of just intercede just for a little bit, right? My tongues is going to sound different from yours, but I just believe that the Holy Ghost will just fill somebody up right now that's a born-again believer. God, I thank you for filling right now the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, I thank you for establishing that someone now is even going to be awakened to setting a watch. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of just, just even sensing right now that it might be a man that God is just seeing, saying, hey, I need you to pray for your wife. I need you to pray for your children because maybe there's been a gap in prayer and God says, hey, no, I need you to get back on prayer because the enemy's trying to attack and bring confusion in that family relationship and that family dynamic. See, the families are important. We'll see this in scripture. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But God is saying, hey, I want you as the father, as the husband, I want you to set a watch and establish a guard over your family. And then some people just even have that assignment uh, just even to intercede and stand in the gap in prayer, uh, especially for your family. Now I'm just talking just beyond a husband or, or, or a man. So now anybody, this, this is just part of our assignment. You don't have to be, quote unquote, an intercessor to intercede. Yeah. So we have this responsibility to set a watch day and night. Pray without ceasing, the Bible says, meaning that we have this disposition. We're always in this mode of prayer. And then when you look at it from Nehemiah 1 to where we are right now, Nehemiah prayed. Nehemiah fasted. Nehemiah prayed right before speaking to the king. Nehemiah prayed when people were speaking against the work that they were doing. Nehemiah prayed again when people were speaking against the work that they were doing. And he set a watch day and night. So somebody just say right now, say, Lord, I thank you for reviving in me to set a watch day and night, a watch in prayer. And some of y'all uh, are already in there, but this is just for, for those who, who God is just prompting right now with this word to be able to either get back on it or to establish it now, to set a, to set a time of just interceding, praying for other people, not just yourself, but praying for other people. That's that form of intercession, standing in the gap on behalf of somebody else. Oh, I can say a whole lot about that. <laughs> But that's what we want to be able to do because now, remember all those things, those, those apostate voices, those stuff that the enemy speaks against. When you set a watch, now they're, they're mm, now you begin to establish a wall. You begin to establish a wall. And so even if it's just like a halfway wall and now you're still building some things out in prayer, guess what? That's still enough to frustrate the enemy because prayer is just that powerful. Prayer is just that strong. So don't ever come off of praying and say, well, because this is what thing that the enemy will do, that what apostate voices will begin to speak. And sometimes it'll come from other people and sometimes it'll come from, from within. But the enemy will say, well, man, prayer doesn't do anything because look at, look, look at the results. Well, no, our eyes are focused upon him and we're praying as we are led. And guess what? Prayer still works. Prayer still has power. Prayer still has the ability, especially when we're praying from a pure place. Prayer still has the ability to protect and create an avenue for the will of God to be done in the earth. When we are praying on point, when we are praying on purpose. Yeah. So somebody say, say it again. Say, I will set a watch against them. <laughs> I will set a watch against the enemy. Meaning, that, look, we, we ain't just sleeping in this season. We're not just dozing off. We're not just being lackadaisical and just la, 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 and la, la, land. No, no, no. We are, one thing that I believe that the Lord spoke to my, my, my heart the other day, he was like, hey, just, and not that I wasn't, but he was like, hey, stay sober. Yeah, this is a time for us to be, to, to stay sober and to stay sharp and to stay alert in the spirit. And it hit my heart. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not just going to be out there just all spacey. It's like, nah, nah, nah. We, we, we're focused. We're, we're in a vein here. We're in a zone here. And so that's why we got to set, establish a watch day and night. And so one thing that we even do, uh, especially when there are things that, that might be coming against or we might see where the, the hand of the enemy might be at work, then we just establish a prayer watch, a prayer guard to be able to cover certain things. I thank God for our intercessory team. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. For our intercessory ministry. And so they, 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 they are real diligent and real aggressive 
And some of y'all have already seen uh, Sister Lystra a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I love it. There's just a violence uh, that we have because the kingdom of, uh, of God suffered violence. And what do we do? The violent take it by force. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Amen. Yeah, so we establish a watch day and night, covering our minds, covering minds of others, covering even the bodies of others. Man, cover your children. Cover, cover your family. And that's one of the beautiful things. If you don't know what to pray for, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Amen. So let me say that verse one more time, and then we'll get the next, next verse, verse 10. Nevertheless, I like that nevertheless. Because <laughs> in the midst of all the chatter and stuff that the enemy is going on, nevertheless. Y'all remember when Peter said nevertheless? When Jesus gave him a word and Peter was like, ah, oh, well, man, I'm so tired. Man, we toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word. See, that nevertheless keeps you in focus. And so he says, nevertheless, Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. And then he cast his nets on the other side and wound up receiving such, such a great catch of fish that he had to have some partnership. He had to have some help to bring it in, and it changed his life forever. Then he got on focus and got a fresh new assignment. So Nehemiah says here, verse 9, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Verse 10. So we do see some of the chatter try to, well, not even the chatter, but this is what we're going to see here. Verse 10. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries, verse 11, and our, uh, yeah, so let me, uh, yeah, let me read verse 11. And our adversary said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So we see that it was some of the chatter that began to come in. And that's why we got to keep that watch and we got to keep that guard and we got to continue to keep gaps closed. And so we can look at this as a natural wall that's being built, but it's also so much spiritual as well as far as for a place of security, a place of provision and a place of uh, position and protection. And so they began to say, first of all, they started, or even though in the midst that they were building and they were halfway Done, And I know that it was taking effort. And this is one thing that we actually have to set a guard against. Because if you begin to look around as far as for the work, all the work that has to be done in the midst of you working, then it can cause you to lose uh, faith and lose strength and actually to lose heart. So this is one thing that I want to say. Don't let the work actually become a wall. Because now you're actually going, because now if the work that you have to do, and many times, many people can, can, can come into this. You can, you can begin something in a spirit of zeal and excitement, and then because it's not something that typically just happens overnight, and then we realize, oh man, I'm not even done yet. Oh my gosh, there's still so much that has to be done. And then if you start to get off of the work, and you begin to start to look at everything else, then that very thing now becomes a wall, and then your hands begin, begin to become lax. This is a light example that, I, that I'll start with, but that's just coming to me now. Uh, in our region, we wound up getting some snow. And then, you know, over time, I was like, oh, man, it's like snow, snow. This is like for real snow. And so one thing that I did, I, you know, I, I just waited till all the snow. I was like, look, let me let this thing just finish till, it, till it's done. And so once I stepped out there, I was like, oh, this is deeper than the last snow that came for, for, for the area where we were. And so I got my shovel. I got, you know, some other things. And then as I started, as I started shoveling, as I started shoveling, one thing that I decided not to do was to look at everything that had to be shoveled. Because guess what? It was some work. It was heavy snow. Because it had some snow, then it had some sleet, then it had another layer of snow on top of that. So it was one of mushy and hold on. So I'm just lifting and I'm doing that. But here's the thing. While I'm doing this, while I'm, while I'm shoveling the snow, I'm actually listening to a voice. And that voice is actually talking about, this is a book about the one thing, talking about focus. So I'm listening to this. So, so now I'm listening. So while I'm working... I'm not listening to anything else that's just going to look around and just say, oh, man, you still got this much to do. It's like, man, you got to dig out this vehicle, this vehicle. You got to clear this walkway and things of that nature. Now, did I pause for a moment to catch my breath? 
from Town of Tom? Yes, I sure did. But then was I giving instructions to, to, to my daughters? Like, hey, look, and I told them, was like, hey, I need you to knock the vehicle, need to snow off this vehicle so that way as I'm shoveling and then as and I'm clearing this off, then more snow comes. It's like, no, let's just get it all onto the, on, onto the ground so that way I could just begin to shovel. I could have easily, and this is one thing that I was learning because sometimes what people do, you know, they begin to work, but then they work according to the clock and not according to completion. And so if something can be completed, then you want to complete it within uh, that designated time period. Because some people might say, oh, it's 9 to 5. Even though I could finish at 5.15, let me just go ahead and call it quits. I'm out. No, we want to work towards completion because that builds something on the inside of us. Ah, man, yeah. And so they said that the strength of the laborers is failing. And so if you feel like that your strength is failing right now, I say strength be revived in Jesus' name. Because guess what? Plowing takes work. <laughs> That's what apostolic grace, grace is for. You know, it, it, it plows, it breaks up ground. It does things uh, that, that, that requires work. It takes effort. And so they said their strength is failing because they began to look at the stuff that still had to be done. It's like, well, man, we've done this much, but there's still more that has to take place. And we're beginning to hear what other people are saying. It's like we still got all this to do. And, and we're starting to hear what other people are saying. I'm just saying this. You just put in your you just plug in, get, get some plugs, get something. Uh, just even spiritually speaking, get the word of God playing. Get the prophetic words that may have been spoken over your life uh, playing in your inner ear. <laughs> so that way you can stay focused. You can still keep building. Come on. So that way it doesn't matter what the adversary is saying. Because the adversary again said they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. And so that was their agenda that you don't know anything. And so this is what the adversary said. This is what they planned, but this is what I love. Verse 12. So it was when the Jews dwelt near them came that they told us 10 times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore, this is what Nehemiah said. I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. So here we go. Why I said that it was important for men, especially. And of course, for for for, for, for women as well, um, but to be able to set a guard and to pray for your families, because guess what? Your family has a position. Your family has a position and your family has weaponry. <laughs> And your family has a work to do. And so we as an Abounding Grace family worship center where we've got different families coming together. Come on, we got, we got an assignment. And so what we're endeavoring to do is to position families, to position people. And somebody just say, Lord, I thank you for positioning me for the work, for the assignment. And so I set the people according to their families, meaning that your family, your own family, and some of you realize this, that some of you in your families, you know that there is an anointing on your family, that there is an assignment for your family. And as soon as you discern it, as soon as you recognize it, as soon as you rep recognize what God has given your family as a sword, what God has given your family as a spear, meaning something to fight with, something to do with, something as a bow, as arrows, come on. Children are arrows as, as, as bows. As soon as you recognize what God has gifted your family with, then, hey, it's like, man, you know what? We got to position our family in prayer. That's why we got to pray some things out. So that way we can be properly positioned uh, to be able to fulfill uh, the work that God has called us to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. And then verse 14. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Somebody say, Lord, I remember you. Yep, and we sung about him this evening. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. And here we go, here we go. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. So 
We've mentioned it before and I got to say it again. It is not about you. Oh, we have a fight when we have a cause that is greater than us. So even when the enemy comes, guess what? We are covering, we are protecting, we are fighting for our family. Or we are positioning ourselves, I should say that. We are positioning ourselves to, 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 to guard and cover our families. It's not just about us. Because if it's just about you, then you can look at the rubbish and you can look at the walls and you can look at what's not done and be like, yep, I'm finished. That's why some people even got off some of the things that God has called them to do because maybe you got off, maybe because you couldn't see the impact of what the assignment or the business or the book or the ministry or whatever it is that God has given you, maybe you lost sight of the people that it was actually going to benefit and bless. Remember how we talked about the focus of Jesus? I just believe, I don't know for sure, but I just believe one of the things that held him on the cross was by the fact that he knew that it wasn't about him. He knew that it was going to be some other brothers and sisters that he was fighting for, a greater family. I just believe, I just believe that he saw you. I believe that he saw me. I believe that he saw us and that the victory wasn't just for him alone, but it was the victory. As a matter of fact, we know this because Christ always leads us in the triumph which he already established. So somebody just needs to acknowledge the fact, and I hope that even in you hearing this, that you'll get back into the zone and that you'll get back into the grace and that you'll get back into the anointing and into the strength that God has for you to complete it and not just stop because of what it might look like resource-wise. No, but this thing is it's, it's, it's not about you. That's why you got to fire that thing up and just get some more strength. And so I just declare and, re and thank you for the strength of God to be revived upon your life right now, to continue until you can finish. Stay in prayer. Stay in purpose. Some of you need to go back and, 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 and play that prophetic word again and war with that and get that thing and get that, that, that uh, fervency sharpened back up again so that way there's no dullness in this season. Come on, we said it on Sunday, but we got to say it again. Someone say, I got work to do. Yeah, and we're not going to let the adversary cause us to cease from the work. Some things that I know that the Lord, and I've been praying about and seeking about, and I've just felt like the Lord said, hey, yeah, go for it. And I was like, oh, shucks. Like, I know that was you. <laughs> so somebody just, I'm just telling somebody right now, hey, go for it. Somebody just tell yourself, just even say it. It's like, hey, go for it. And it's something about that word go that's just that's that strength of commissioning that Jesus still gives us. Now we still got to continue to go. And we got to keep on going. Yeah, so it's not about you. We fight for our brothers. We fight for our wives. We fight for our sons. We fight for our daughters. We fight in prayer. We, we, we you know, in the spirit, in the, whole, in the whole nine, guess what? Jesus is still saving people. People are still getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. People are still getting healed. People are still getting delivered. People are still rededicating their lives and recommitting their lives to Jesus. That's why we keep on going. Oh, yeah, so you got a reason to get up and go. <laughs> Sometimes you can just look around or look at a picture and just say, I got a reason to get up and go. Yeah, finish it. I got to say it again. Remember the Lord God. That's who, that's who we, we hold in view first. Great and awesome. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives. So we remember the Lord first. We remembered what he said. The reason why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. And then we remember the cause and the impact that this will have. Because this is impacting generations. What God has told you to do is not just for you and it's not just for now only. But it's for beyond you and it's for what comes next. What's connected to you that is next. What's connected to you that's following you. Yeah. So here we go. And it happened. Verse 15. Because <laughs> these are people that are just positioning themselves, right? 
They're positioning themselves. They heard what the adversary said. So it's like, look, they're positioning themselves. They're remembering the Lord and they're positioning themselves just in case the enemy want to, you know, want to get froggy and leap and jump. Verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, see that interception, right? That it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing. That all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So that the plots that the enemy has established and the things that he's already been conspiring against, God says, hey, you know what? I'm bringing that to nothing. As you continue to remember me and remember what this is about, then I just want to put you in remembrance or just to remind you that, hey, I'm going to bring that to nothing. That threat that you've heard, and sometimes you'd be like, and, and, and if you feel like your strength is failing, let me just tell you right now that, hey, that very thing that the enemy has been speaking against, God says, I am bringing that plot to nothing. Yeah. So you don't have to be uh, worried. You don't have to be worried. Keep working. I love it. They said that all of us return to the wall. Everyone to his work. So I want to make this proclamation before you. May the conspiracy of the enemy be a confirmation to the elect that we're on the right work. Oh, so again, let me say that again. The conspiracies that the enemy has, the things that the enemy says, I believe that that is just a type of confirmation, not the only confirmation because God confirms things already. But that'll just be another type of confirmation when the enemy's already beginning to speak against what you're doing. That should be a confirmation. Oh, yeah, we on the right work. Because the enemy ain't going to say nothing about somebody that ain't doing nothing. I've heard, I've heard this, um, this illustration that <laughs> the person with the ball is the one that people want to tackle. <laughs> yeah. So... What the enemy is saying, again, that's just a type of confirmation. If he's speaking something, it's like, oh, remember how we even shared it on Sunday? Oh, you're showing your hand. And it's just another type of confirmation that, oh, yeah, this is actually what God wants to do. Because the enemy is actually trying to stop and to cease this work. So, again, we're not going to be all bothered by, not, not, not in this season. Let them talk. They're going to be witnesses of the work that God is doing. Come on. Yeah, we are in this vein, we are in this focus, and we are still praying. <laughs> we got all these hornets that try to try to rise up. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we done stomped on a nest. That's why. We done kicked some things over. That's why you got all these little, these little fire ants try to, try, to call, try to crawl around. It's like, nope, we're not going to get off our assignment. So it was, verse 16. From that time on, that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Verse 17. I love this. Those who built the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. <laughs> those who built on the wall and those who carry burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. And then here's the thing where I just started saying hammers and swords. <laughs> and this is how we're going to build and this is how we position ourselves, prepare ourselves just in case there's an additional oncoming fight. No empty hands. Somebody to say, no empty hands in this season. We're building or we're preparing for a fight, but we, nobody's hands are empty in this season. That's one thing, even when I worked at, at a moving company, when we were coming uh, from a house to be able to load up a truck, we were not supposed to come out of the house empty-handed. Or if we were bringing something into a house for somebody that was moving, and this was years ago. <laughs> This was years ago, but I'm just, I'm just, I just, 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 just flashing back right now because I had never worked like that before in my life. That was a different kind of labor. And I remember 
My first time, we were actually in D.C. My first time, I was actually on a move trip, and this was actually um, where I had to get loaded up, and I learned how to position myself to be able to carry certain things. I'm talking about heavy stuff that you carry on your back. And the guys laughed at me because after I was finished, after we had that long day, it was like a 7 a.m. to like a 7 p.m. type of, of, type of move. And it was just humping and hustling and, hustling and, and moving and working. I, it was a day that I realized that I had no empty hands. My hands were always carrying something, doing something. And because I had never worked like that, some of the guys laughed at me because at the end of the day, uh, by the time uh, we, you know, we got back to the place and you know clocked out and things of that nature, my hands had cramped up. They were kind of locked. My forearms were kind of locked. And they were laughing. I was like, yo. I was like, yo, what's going on? They're like, ah, right, yeah, you get used to it. Because I hadn't had to develop strength like that before. But as I kept working, as I kept working, guess what? Brother dropped like 20 pounds of baby fat and got real strong, just naturally. Legs got strong. Arms got strong. Because my hands were full. My hands were working. And so I'm encouraging somebody right now, hammer, sword, hammer to build. Because we're building sword because, hey, if we need to fight, then, we, then, then we'll fight. But we're not going to be empty-handed in this season. No, no, no. Day and night. God is going to strengthen us for this. But if you get, get, get that picture in a moment, so you got people that's on the wall. Some, some are watching. Some are guarding. And then the people, that, 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 that they're not empty-handed. It's like, look, I got something to build with. I'm carrying my load. Somebody say, I'm carrying my load. This is so good for family, for business, for congregation, because we need everybody carrying their load. It shouldn't be someone that's overloaded because you're not carrying your load. Come on. Everybody's got their load to carry. Every family's got their assignment to carry. And everybody's been called because, look, we need everybody armed up. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Come on. And that's why, that's why we have a Kingdom Warrior Institute to position saints for such a time as this. And you don't even have to be a member of Abounding Grace to be a, a part of it. Let me just give that plug right now as I'm feeling led. <laughs> so that way you know how to carry your load and you know how to carry your weapon. You know how to build. You know how to fight. You know how to stand and carry and be strong in this season. So that way you're not just cramped up. Some people that you might feel it, it's like, oh man, I'm not used to carrying, I'm not used to warring like this. I'm not used to praying like this. Some people aren't because they haven't carried like that before. That's okay. Stretch it out. That's what I had to do. I had to, I had to stretch these things out. It's like, whoo. But guess what? Next day I was back at it again. Why? Because I was working for something. Now, of course, it was for a paycheck, but I'm just saying now, hey, you're working for something. That's not just a paycheck, but you're working for something. You're working for our families. We're working for the kingdom. We work as unto God and not unto man. Someone say, I got work to do. So that's why we praise with our hands because these hands are important. And again, I got to say it again, that God is strengthening hands in this season. Your ability that there is a strength. Come on, some of the things that may have been a dredge, you just begin to speak a word out of your mouth and just begin to attack it ahead of time. Some stuff we try to run from because we don't like to deal with it mentally, but God said, hey, no, 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 no. Don't look at all the work that has to be done. Stay locked in, stay focused, keep working in it, little by little, little by little. Next thing you know, you'll get the completion. Stay focused. Those who built on the wall, and those who carry burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked <laughs> at construction, and with the other hand they held the weapon. God blessed these hands. And I'm just seeing this now. And if there might be hands that might feel like that they are failing, it's like, look, I've been constructing and I've been fighting. God, I thank you, Lord, for bringing along people that'll help undergird and strengthen their hands in the name of Jesus. I need to say that again, because some people have been building and constructing and warring. Now, God, I thank you, Lord, for a people, for a, a family, if you will, a family of people that'll help 
undergird and guard and cover them as they work, in, as, as you continue to build and work in this season. Because guess what? You're not alone in this. And sometimes that means, hey, if, even if you need to reach out, hey, hey, can you cover me in prayer in this area? That's another way to set a watch. Have some people intercede for you. Good. Verse 18, I'll be done. Every one of the builders, and this is what I like about this verse 18. Every one of the builders, every one of the builders, every one of the builders, because it identifies them. These were not feeble people. These were builders. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he what? Built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And that trumpet sound was like if there was anything that the enemy would try to come, that everybody would go to the direction of where that sound was coming from and be like, whoa, what's up? <laughs> Think about this sometimes even in the streets. Streets, people will have certain calls if they're part of a certain clique. Squale! Hey, yo! <laughs> and then people would hear that. It's like, yo, my man's in trouble. Everybody show up. What's good? What's up? So that was that trumpet sound. And so that, that, that meaning that, hey, we, we ready to fight if there's something about to break off or pop off. But they said this. I love it because it said that every one of the builders, so this ain't just anybody, but these are the builders. These are the builders. And I'm just speaking this, that it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still be in this category of being a builder. You might work in a different capacity, but guess what? You are still a builder. Maybe you're one of the ones that's on the, uh, you know, standing watch, guarding, and while other people are doing different things. But guess what? Everybody, every family has a part to play. Every role, every person has something to bring to the table. And so we honor that for those that are committed, for those that are committed to building. Or, hey, I'm going to build in prayer. Or, hey, I'm going to build in this. Or, hey, I'm going to build in that way. That's why we got these different joints supplying. Come on. We got the fivefold, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, evangelist. We got them supplying. We got the people that have gifts of helps or, 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 or whatever the case, you know, whatever the different service and all the other different gifts. Everybody's supplying, bringing something to the table. And you are anointed for it. You're graced for it. Mm, glory to God. So, Lord, I just speak, builders, come forth. <laughs> yeah, builders, come forth. Somebody just make that declaration for builders to come forth. Collectively, for God's house, individually, for families, for businesses, for whatever the case may be, may builders begin to come forth that are armed and ready. May families be able to come forth that are armed and ready in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about the right people. And, then, and again, I got to say this as it's coming to me now. God, let your strength arise. Let your strength arise. And, and let it be just such a revelation when people wake up in the morning that they realize, hey, you know what? I'm doing this for my family. Or God, I thank you, Lord, but I'm doing this even for people that I can't even see yet. So now let there be just such a fire that rises up on the inside of you because you're seeing even without seeing. And you're hearing the cries of the people even without hearing them audibly, so to speak. But because God has called you to build and to rebuild and to establish and reestablish. And for that, we're saying, yes, so we're getting off of ourselves. We're not stuck on our own inabilities or what we can't do. But God gives us that ability. So, Father, we receive your ability right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, for just a wind of your strength just coming in and just reviving your people. God, I thank you, Lord, for undergirding for those that may have been looking around and saying, it's like, ah, man, well, this is so hard. Or been looking at family and looking at things that may have been seen as impossibilities. No, God, you've called them as builders. And I thank you, Lord, that we, that they are and we are a people that build in prayer, that we are building and closing and restoring gaps in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that they are and we are constructing with one hand and having our weapon in the other. Yeah, Lord, that we are establishing watches. God, and we are returning to the work, God, that you've called us to, God. 
the original intent that you've called, that you've spoken, that you've confirmed already. Lord, and I thank you, God, that you are bringing the plots of the enemy to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Someone just needs to say that out loud. You just need to say, Lord, yeah, yeah, enemy, your plots are nothing. Your plots are brought to nothing. God, and your plans and your purposes are going forth in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, again, bless us with the mind to work. Bless us with the mind to be diligent, to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Yeah, okay, yeah. So somebody just make that personal. So say, I am steadfast, I am immovable, and I am always abounding. I am steadfast, I am immovable, and I am always abounding. Come on, there's an abounding grace coming upon you even as we say this. Come on. I am steadfast. Mm. I am immovable. <laughs> and I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. And it's a work that he's established. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let your word, Lord, your word is like a fire. Let your word light, light some things up right now in the name of Jesus. Little by little. They're not, they're not worried about all the things or the quote unquote the rubbish <laughs> that's around God. But little by little, they're still building. They're building. We're building. We're building. We're building. Piece by piece, day by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength in hands, strength in hands, strength in hands. In the name of Jesus. Strengthen bodies, yeah. Strengthen bodies, strengthen bones in the name of Jesus. Strengthen vitality, strengthen sight, strengthen voices in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's about sons and daughters and husbands and wives and children and grandchildren. And children's children and nieces and nephews and, and siblings, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Let that grace abound, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, it's a good work. It's a good work. It's a good work. And it's a great grace. It's a great grace. In Jesus' name. We bless you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Lord, let not diagnosis cause strength to fail. <laughs> but let destiny just rise up and be so strong. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Yeah, destiny is so strong, God, that it's just, uh, you know, overriding the diagnosis, God. We, of course, Lord, we thank you for the physicians. Lord, but I thank you, Lord, for faith rising up in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name.